0: Tonight, I'd like to talk about uh, having hope worth having, right? Having hope that's worth having. Once again, uh, having hope that's, that's worth having. Uh, Father, tonight as we go to the word of the Lord, thank you that the word goes into us. We're reminded in scripture tonight that if we would abide in your word and your word abide in us, we could ask for what we desire and we would have these things and so tonight thank you for your faithfulness over our homes we concur with our sisters and brothers tonight that indeed you've been our protector you've been our provider you've given us peace thank you oh god for showing yourself strong and mighty all throughout the land for you are indeed a merciful god and you're a loving god and a graceful god thank you that you've gotten our world's attention and may we slow down so To where we reprioritize, rethink, restructure those things that matter most. I ask tonight that you would come into every home that's listening, those who will listen to this broadcast at a later date, that they would feel your presence, your Shekinah, that there'd be a weight of presence in the room, and that we would know that your your presence abides in our homes. We thank you, Lord, for being God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Here's what the Bible reads. And who is he that will harm you, if ye be followers of that which is good? Peter writes, but, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But here's what you're to do. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Once again, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be always ready to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope of the hope. I know your phones are muted, but just where you're at, come on, say reasons of the hope. Come on, say that with me. Reason of the hope. Reasons of the hope that is in you that with is in meekness you. With and meekness fear. That's and right. Fear. You know, someone said that hope is seeing the light in spite of being surrounded by darkness. Seeing the light though being surrounded by darkness once again seeing the light though being surrounded by darkness it's going to take a man or woman of hope tonight to see the silver lining and all of the cloudiness all of the convolutedness all of the confusion of what we're seeing in this era in this time it's going to take a woman of hope who, who who pierces through the darkness and believes that out of all of this you know what things aren't getting bitter but things are getting better. And I've said this time and time again, these last week, uh, excuse me, the last month, month and a half. One thing about this global shutdown, and one thing about this pandemic, it's gonna make you either better, it's gonna make you worse. Either you're gonna get closer to God in this season, or you're gonna find yourself distancing a little bit away from God. Tonight, I want to define hope as uh, the expectation of the fulfillment of something desired. Let's say that again, the expectation, right? of something or or of the fulfillment of something desired. It, It probably immediately makes you think about Hebrews 11 and 1. It sounds like Hebrews 11 and 1 to me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, again, I don't want to get too deep tonight, but I think it's worth going into the weeds here. Faith is the substance of things that you're already hoping for. What does that tell you and I tonight? It tells us that you can have hope and yet not have your faith develop for something. And I know what it's like to, 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 to be strengthened in faith or to want to be strengthened in faith. I know what it's like to say, God, I admit, I'm not there yet. I want to believe that you're able. I want to believe that you're going to do this. I want to believe you're going to come through. But I'll just be the first to throw my hands up and say, I'm not quite here that, here, uh, there yet. And that's okay because that's where hope comes in at. I, God, I'm not. I don't quite yet have the faith that this is going to happen. Therefore, I'm hoping this is going to happen. So, so, so hope is a prelude. Hope is a stepping stone as your faith is being developed, right? I, I, I went over again this morning early, Romans four 20. I'm kind of memorizing scripture even the more. Uh, Abraham did not waver in his faith. Abraham did not waver in his belief um uh he didn't waver no here's what he did he strengthened himself in his faith and i the holy ghost said son if abraham can strengthen himself in faith why, why can't you and i strengthen ourselves in faith so so if faith is a muscle if faith is an exercise we got to keep working at this thing so god let me have a little bit of faith and maybe this is why the disciples said jesus would you bless us or the man said help me believe in my unbelief he realized i'm in a unbelieving state but God help me in my belief. And maybe that should be our prayer as we are, as, as someone said tonight, slowly but surely getting back to the quote unquote norm. God increase and strengthen my faith. But until my faith comes to pass, I got to work on hope. And so faith is the substance or the confidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So God, I don't have the faith right now. I'll just be the first to admit, I'm I'm struggling in that area but I'm hoping the job comes through. I'm hoping the sale comes through. I'm hoping for healing at home. I'm hoping, and there's nothing wrong with hope. So tonight I don't wanna talk about having hope worth having, having a hope worth having. You know, tonight if anyone could talk to us about hope, I think it'd be Peter. If anyone was a candidate to talk about hope, I think it'd be Peter. In fact, many scholars suggest that Peter is called the apostle of hope. And I think that is interesting, not Paul, not James, not John, not any other of the apostles, but most commentators and, and, and scholars suggest that Peter is considered the apostle of hope, and maybe this is why he wrote first and second Peter. You know, Peter has miserably failed. Peter has miserably disappointed. Peter understands a thing or two about suffering. Peter knows what it's like, uh, uh, particularly when Jesus says, "Not one, not two, but three times you're going to deny me." Peter weeps. The Bible says he goes out and he weeps, not just weeps, but he weeps bitterly. But somehow, or another God restores Peter. And Peter comes to fruition. And Peter comes to to notoriety. I'm studying the book of Acts right now. And boy, I tell you, when Peter goes forth, man, Peter was a bad dude. I'll tell you, I'll be the first to say, man, listen, I would not have wanted to be in the room where Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, walked in the room. Peter was a no-nonsense, no-joke kind of guy. But how did he get there? I believe it's because of hope. He hoped in the Lord. He hoped in his word. He hoped. And eventually that hope turned uh, to faith. You know, Peter counsels the early church, and I want to go back to 1 Peter chapter 3, and my time is almost up, <clears throat> but let me give you three, a couple of things to consider as you look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter really encourages the church to be steadfast and perseverance under persecution. Now, you know, about two months ago, we thought we knew a little something about persecution. We thought we had been under a little pressure and a little suffering, right? by now we're starting to understand what others in the world might go through when it comes to pandemics and sicknesses and sufferings um, i'm i'm going to preach a scripture this sunday 2nd chronicles 7 13 14 and 15. we all know verse 14 mm-hmm. but we don't know verse 13. verse 13 says god sent the locusts to destroy the land god sent the floods uh, or withheld the rain and brought the drought. Watch this. God brought the disease and pestilence on the land. And I know we want to be politically correct <clears throat> and we don't want to offend our liberal friends, but I'm not scared, I'm not afraid nor ashamed to tell the world. I believe this is God's judgment. I believe this is God's judgment. This is nothing different from the Old Testament. This is nothing different from the New Testament. This is nothing different from the last 16, 17, 1800 years of Christian Christendom. We're just not living in the moment where God says, you know what? The whole world is in timeout. Now y'all sit down someone, be quiet and think about where y'all at right now. <laughs> More people <laughs> are reading the Bible than ever before. More folk are going deeper in prayer than ever before. More people are, quote unquote, long to the order church now. I mean, who was it? Um, was it DMX, some rapper? Had a Bible study online the other night. I'm like, good Lord, the man who wrote the song, I'm about to lose my mind up in here, up in here. I'm about to act a fool. He had the Bible study online. I mean, everybody trying to get a little religious and spiritual. Because these are the days that try men's souls. Peter knows a thing or two about suffering. Number two, Peter, he, he wants the church to live out the practical duties of a holy life. He wants you and I. And he writes in 1 Peter chapter 3, here's what it looks like living out. Not enough to talk it, not enough to be religious jargon, not enough just to say it and quote it, but here's how we're going to try to live out our best, what Mm -hmm. a holy life is all about. I pray that this season really take us back to holiness, really Mm -hmm. takes us back to integrity, really takes us back to the things that really matter most. Oh man, we can front and be phony and fake as a $3 bill when we're on the fly and things are moving and things are shaking and things are happening. But when you got to really slow down and become methodical in all of this, yeah. you have to face your fears face the music face uncomfortability tough conversations whether it's with your spouse whether it's with your children whether it's with yourself yes i pray that this is a season and a time of introspection and inventory number three peter wants the church to follow the example of christ with patience and perseverance follow the example of christ with patience and perseverance i want to i want to i want to talk to you about 1 Peter 3, 13. The Bible says, and who is he that will harm you? Right? If you are a follower of that, which is good. I, know, I love verse 14. But if ye suffer for righteousness sake. I wanna pause this right there for a quick moment. If you suffer, if you suffer for righteousness sake. We say we suffer, but are you suffering for righteousness sake? Or are you suffering from, from a dumb decision you made, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> we say we suffering, oh my God, we're going through this. But is it the true type of suffering that the apostles suffered? Or are you suffering because of the sins of your past or of your right now? Are you suffering good righteousness persecution? Or are you suffering because you lack the personal communication and the networking skills of, of cooperation? Peter says, when you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are you. Once again, oh, let's go man. back to the book of Acts chapter what? I think it's chapter four, where the disciples, the Bible says they, they, they went out after they were beaten, after they had suffered, after they had, they were persecuted. The Bible says after they had been beaten by the synagogue, excuse me, by the, the religious leaders and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they went out and they rejoiced for being counted worthy for suffering for the Jesus. Let's pause this for a moment, okay? does that what what does that mean to you what does that mean to you the disciples actually went somewhere and had a praise party because they were counted worthy for suffering for the lord i think that is an amazing scripture i I don't think we talk about that enough but peter says happy are you when you suffer for christ's sake tonight i want to close and i want to talk to you just real quickly how do we have hope worth having well number one you defined hope i know you know now that hope is again the expectation of the fulfillment of something you greatly desire let me just pause for a moment you know i'm looking back at the chat and some of you have mentioned that uh hope uh is 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 um assured expectation hope is desired outcomes confident that there is a mean someone said hope is faith someone said hope is faith in action Someone said faith against all odds. Hebrews 11 and one. Yes, Lord. Uh, Hope is desired expectation. Once again, God, while my faith is being developed, while my faith is being strengthened, while my faith is increasing, I pray that my hope bring you glory and honor because faith is the hope or the substance of things hoped for. I really wish I could believe God for healing in this young man's life. But I'll be very transparent and say, God, I'm having a hard time growing my faith in this. one. so, God, I'm hoping that you come through. I'm hoping while my faith is being developed, I hope this deal comes through. And that's where hope is in our lives, having a hope that's worth having. Uh, Peter says in verse 15, sanctify the Lord in your heart. Number one, if I'm going to have a hope worth having, I got to sanctify the Lord. Where? In my heart. Not in the church on Sundays, not, not sanctify him when the time is convenient and the time is right. But you have to sanctify, the word sanctify means to separate, to separate exclusively for the youth. You know, when I was growing up, they said, man, it's so also the sanctified lady. Ooh, that's a sanctified man. Well, the first thing we thought was their appearance. She got a long skirt on, she got fixed stockings on, she don't have no makeup on, she don't do her hair, she wears a dolly, All He only wears is a black suit. Uh, he, he, his lips are chapped, his breath stinks. Well, oh, man, he's a holy man. He's a sanctified man. Well, we looked at the outward, but you and I both know the Bible says that God doesn't look at the outward, he looks at the heart. So Peter said, I want you to sanctify the Lord in your heart. We do really good with sanctifying our outward appearance, but what about sanctifying the heart? The so word sanctify to be pure, to make holy, to separate. You know, one of the things I've always told my boys on the football field, you got to separate yourself. In recruiting, separate yourself. You know, and and even in this, draw a line in the sand and make sure the person next to you can't touch you with a 10 foot pole. Why? Because you're that sanctified, you're that separated. And I believe that's what Peter was telling to the church. Sanctify yourselves where? In your heart. We had a lot of judgmental, opinionated people want to criticize, you know, lights, camera, actions on Sunday mornings. People always have a judgment word about blue jeans. And oh, they, I mean, you, you, you like the old religious Pharisee, Sadducee, who the Bible says you swallow and uh, you, you strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. You major in the minors, you mine in the majors. You so worried about folk who got tattoos. Well, one thing's for sure the people who got tattooed, tattoos ain't worried about you not having none. I mean, we, we go on and on and on and on, and we split hair over things that really don't matter at the end of the day. And so what happened, we create a culture where it's all about the outward appearance, all about how we look, how we talk, how we squall, how we preach, how we shout, how we dance. And we have a beautiful outward appearance, but oftentimes we lack the heart and we've all played into that culture. I've played into that culture and it cost me my life, but I'm glad because now you can get down to the business of what matters most to the Lord. Number two, be ready to give the world an answer of why you have hope. And I'm almost finished. Be ready to give the world an answer. I'm coming out of 1 Peter chapter 3, and the Bible says, be ready to give an answer to every man that asks for the reason of your hope. Man, You have such an optimism about you in this COVID-19 season. What's going on? Well, you know, I played the number the other day. I'm just thinking my number is going to come up in the North Carolina lotto. No, that'll not be the answer. No, it's not. My wife and I went for a walk the other day, and we were just blown away at the line outside the ABC store. I said, I mean, good God. I mean, mean, I've never seen that before. There was a line. And that wasn't no social distancing either. I mean, it was a line outside the ABC liquor store, right? And I'm saying that cannot be the answer. Domestic violence is up at all-time high. I can only imagine the things and the tension and the stress and the things people have having to contend with in this season. So people are taking it out on pornography, taking it out on alcohol, taking it out on getting high with weed. That can't be the answer for our hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is that our Redeemer liveth. If I lose the job, I still got my soul. If I lose the house, I still got my soul. Man, if I lose some friends, it's all right. We're going to be okay in all of this. God's in control. And that's the hope, Colossians 1.17. Christ, or excuse me, he is Christ, the hope of glory in you. That's the witness of COVID-19, friends. That there lies the witness with your coworkers on Zoom, with your friends on Cisco, with anyone you come into contact with. The reason you're able to keep your peace, the reason you're able to keep a smile on your face is that Christ is the hope. He is the expectation of my fulfillment that I greatly desire. And I think we'll be the first to admit that, boy, we're out there so busy making money, so busy building our kingdom, so busy, busy building our brand, right? We somehow forget every once in a while to tell the world, Christ is my hope. He died on the cross. His blood was shed for my sins. My mind is all right. My mind is safe. I can get through the bereavement. I can get through the hurt. I can get through the darkest of the night because Christ is my hope. And that's what we tell the world. Three, three reasons for this hope number one i'm following that which is good verse 13. i'm following that which is good friends if you keep following the lord if you keep following the word if you keep following the leading of the holy ghost it will lead you that which is good bible says who is he who will harm you from become from uh from if if you become followers verse 13 because if god be us romans eight thirty one, who could be against us if god be us, who could be against us let me give you a couple other scriptures and we'll close out here i just want you to see it for yourself tonight some of the scriptures that are so very important on tonight if god for us romans 8 excuse me romans 8 uh, 31 if god before us who could be against us right number two i am in right standing with god verse 14 suffering for righteousness sake suffering for righteousness sake uh for i reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed there exactly. it is right there uh i'm suffering right now it's a lot going on there's some financial uh, uncertainty uh we don't know whether we should wear masks or not should we wear gloves or not okay somebody's coughing is that pollen How, or do, do they have the virus right uh they're so and so they nose is over there running okay is it because they they cold or or because they on death's bed so so listen let me tell you something no matter the suffering, no matter the things that we're dealing with, thanks be unto god they're working out a glory that cannot be compared that shall be revealed in us number three i'm moving toward or moving forward in my faith i am moving forward in my faith the scripture is going to say that this is the reason for the hope that is in us with meekness and fear so for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary and what is unseen unseen is eternal eternal. friends let me close and say this to you two things keep your eyes on jesus amen hear me tonight keep your eyes eyes on on jesus cannot keep staring at cnn Fox News, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, Associated Press, I know the death toll is horrendous. I know it is a shock and awe moment, but you have to not look at the heels. The psalmist said, Shall I look to the hills for coming my help? He said, no, I should look beyond the heels. Heel Hill was bell worship. Heels is where the bell worshiper gods worship their false gods. So the psalmist said, I will not look to the heels. I'm looking beyond. The heels from what cometh my help. My help doesn't come from Bell worship in the heels. My help comes from the Lord. So you have to look beyond the media ongoingness. You got to look beyond the fear factor. You got to look beyond what tomorrow holds and know that God holds your tomorrow and that the Lord will bless you. The last two things I want to encourage you tonight is this: number one, have hope that things are getting better. All right. Hmm. Have hope that things are getting better. Why are you cast down O oh, my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say that with me. Hope thou hope, in God. thou in God. Shout it like you're preaching with me. Hope, hope thou, thou in God. God. Yes, Lord. For I Hallelujah. shall again praise him my help. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 49, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. The psalmist says, God, remember the word that your servant upon which you, oh God, caused me to hope. Listen, tonight, friends, it's not enough to have hope. I want you to be the hope. Is that all right? I'm finished preaching tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost right about now. It's not enough for you to have the hope. I need you to be the hope. And that's what we do on those Saturdays with those outreaches. That's what we'll do Sunday at 6 p.m. when we minister communion. That's what you're doing right now to those who are living in your home, whether they're in your garage, your attic, your basement, and they just kind of did temporarily. But while they're in your presence, hey, guess what? Give them the hope, you be the hope, right? It's not enough to stretch your hands and pray. It's not enough to prophesy, not enough to speak those things that are not as though they were. No, no, no. I'm going to be the hope. What do you mean? Bible says again, Colossians 1.27, to them God will make known what are the riches of his glory with the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ, the hope of glory in you. He's Christ. He's the hope of glory. Yes, Lord. And he's in you. Friends, my time is up at 7:57. I'm gonna take these last few minutes to talk about our giving tonight, and I want to pray with you. Don't you give up? Don't you throw in the towel? Let me talk to you just for a quick moment. I know the walls seemingly will cave in from time to time. I know right now those same kids that you just so love get on your last nerve. I've heard so many people say I've got a new appreciation <laughs> for homeschooling. I've got a new appreciation for the for the daycare workers and the school workers that put up with my kids. But the truth of the matter is they're your kids and God gave them to you. I still call it a bonus round. My daughter's going to college in the fall. She'll most likely be out of state. And so every day I get a chance, it's a bonus round. My son is home. He just finished at North Carolina Central, graduated, uh, heading back to grad school in the fall. But the time he's home, I'm enjoying it. My oldest son, I don't know what city he'll be living in in the next few months. I don't know what NFL team he's gonna be playing for. But while I have him at home and while I look him in his face and love on him, Those are bonus rounds. My wife and I, we've gone from a house of five to almost a house of just me and her. So what the time that we have with one another, and as Lisa said earlier, we're usually on the road, in and out of airports, in and out of cars, in and out of meetings, in and out of this conference, and that convocation, and this workers' meeting. And now, man, what a joy it is to be home. May you strengthen your prayer life, read up on your word, have hope that tomorrow's going to be a better day, and be the hope that others are looking for heads of body and eyes are closed. Father, tonight, as we begin to close out in this time of prayer, I pray for these, your precious sons and daughters, that indeed they'll have a hope, that there is an expectation of fulfillment of things that they're desiring. Father, while they are strengthening the muscles of faith, while they are exercising the very muscles of faith, may they rest in hope, and may Christ the hope of glory be inside of them. And God, may we not only have hope but you cause us Psalm 119 to have hope, but may we be the hope to a dying world. Others are frustrated, confused, and fallen out. But may we stand with joy. May we speak with grace. May we have peace and be the hope that you called us to be. For this, in the name of Jesus, we ask and we pray on tonight. Amen.